0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. How you guys doing? Hello, everyone. Hello! Welcome to the Nick Wilson Show. Sounds like a typical bastard. So we got wine
1: in nick wilson's mind
0: my mind is a raging torrent flooded with rivulets of thought
2: you're about to find out Ooh, cool. look who knows so much nick wilson is on now
1: sports radio 92.7 7 fnz welcome into to the third hour the noon hour of the nick wilson show hope lunch is going well i've got ten dollars ...that I didn't have at the beginning of the show, so my lunch hour is going fantastic. We got Aaron Wilson of the Pro Football Network coming up in 20 minutes, NFL reporter. We've also got five questions coming up in 40 minutes, the five burning questions. So much to get into on today's show, but we led with this. It is the biggest story in Charlotte. Uh, Miles Bridges arrested for felonious domestic violence. And on those charges, uh, he did – so apparently it was an issue between him and uh, a young lady. He uh, left the scene and ended up having to surrender himself to authorities in Los Angeles. So the Hornets, as far as they say, uh, the, the press release came out. You heard it about 30 minutes ago. It says, and I quote, the Charlotte Hornets are aware of the situation involving Miles Bridges. We're in the process of gathering additional information. We will have no further comment at this time. And I said this earlier, that's the stance the Charlotte Hornets should take. Uh, I don't think just reacting. I, I There are certain points where you absolutely have to be act quickly, concisely, and definitively. And and there are times regarding domestic violence that that is the case. And there are times across sports that when it involves player discipline, you should be able to act quickly and concisely and definitively. This is not one of them. We don't know enough. We know that he's been charged with felonious domestic violence. We know that it involves a woman and we know what everything that I've said to you so far, we know. We also know that the NBA's collective uh, bargaining agreement says uh, the suspension begins at 10 games, at least 10 games for domestic violence charges. So we know that. But in terms of Miles Bridges' future here, like I was listening, I listened to the beginning of the show to Mac attack and I listened to 740 and at 740 they started riffing through. Well, what do you do if you don't re-sign Miles Bridges? The unfortunate truth is, this thing's going to take anywhere from the next couple days to the next couple weeks to the next couple months to play out. And there's a pretty good likelihood that as it pertains to do you pay miles or do you try and either turn miles into another asset in a sign and trade or do you try and turn miles into a, you know, equitable player. That chip prop that the timing here is probably going to work against the Charlotte Hornets. I it's not as simple as, well, Zach Levine wants to be a Charlotte Hornet and Miles Bridges wants to be a Chicago Bull, so we're going to make that swap in a, in a giant sign-and-trade. It's not as simple because I think not only is this going to hurt what you're willing to pay or impact what you're going to be willing to pay miles, but it's probably also going to impact – it's likely to impact other teams being willing to pay miles. I think that's the silver lining if you're a Hornets fan and you want Miles Bridges here is I think this greatly increases the chance. If it was 90% chance he was here, I would say it's a lot closer to 99% chance. And there are variables in this. This is why I say, like earlier on the show, we asked, you know, is it should should the domestic violence charges, should his arrest make the Hornets walk away from Miles Bridges? To me, this is the rare time you're going to hear Nick Wilson ride the fence. Because I just don't know enough. But there are variables that can can change this. The The more information we get, uh, just the actual details and, and allegations. that Those are the kind of things that can start to make you lean one way or another. Um, quite frankly, if there's a video, if there's real evidence that we get to see. The police had enough evidence to charge him uh, with a felony. That's significant. Because that means that there was evidence... On the person. There was there was physical evidence on the person who accused him of, of, of assault. But like if there's a Ray Rice video, I always go to that. That's something that is a variable here. Those are things that I think can cause the Hornets to go into a- action. But I do think, and, and this is something that I know that I heard on the morning show today at 740. It's a little early for me to say, all right, move on from Miles and now go do this. But I think what what really makes this... I don't think the Hornets have as many options as people think they do. Unless it involves trading Miles Bridges. Because, one, if you just renounce his rights, you don't get a whole lot of cap space back. You'd still be over the cap by renouncing the rights of Miles Bridges. Or pulling the qualifying offer. Two... I I still don't know because I heard Mac and Bone talk about Bradley Beal. Uh, my guy Chad Harris in my it slid into them DMs at Nick Wilson says, and said, um, you know what? What about Zach Levine? I like Bradley Beal and Zach Levine. If either one of those guys is willing to come here, I think you should pursue them regardless of Miles Bridges. I I think you should uh, you know if if Zach Levine wants to leave Chicago and he'd consider playing with Lamelo. And I don't know. This is all speculation. I would go to Chicago and say, well, instead of losing Zach Levine for nothing, why don't we work a sign and trade revolving around Chair Rozier or Gordon Hayward? And we'll throw in some assets there. Same thing with Washington and Bradley Beal. I don't want Bradley Beal or Zach Levine here to replace Miles. No, I want them to replace the pieces on this roster that I don't think are are gonna be here when this team's in the Eastern Conference Finals, which positively thinking, with LaMelo ball, I'm hoping they are in the LaMelo era. I wouldn't trade Miles for Zach Levine, but I would trade Terry or Gordon and PJ and a couple other pieces for Zach Levine or Bradley Beal. And I actually think like in terms of planning. To me, it's, are you going to still pay Miles Bridges? Yes or no? How comfortable? And there had been uh, a Twitter report. I still can't remember the guy's name. He has a verified account. But obviously, earlier this offseason, we had seen the picture of Miles Bridges. It looked like he was drinking lean, which is like the next step, the next derivation of purple drank. And it looks like there was a blunt in in the video uh, on Instagram. And there'd been a reporter on Twitter that had said the Hornets are are concerned about giving Miles Bridges a max extension because of what's going on with him and Flint. So I don't know if that was a reference to the video on Instagram or maybe that person had you know not foreknowledge of what was happening in his personal life. But the reality is, listen, I don't I don't care if somebody's on lean. If they're they're doing it during games, I have a problem with that. If they're if they're having problems with alcohol, I do have prob. I don't have problems with that. It's problematic in terms of paying that person. I honestly, guys, I could not care less about weed. The thing that Miles posting that picture to me was more disappointing because it's just it's like common sense. Like, what the hell are you doing? Why? What? What do you stand to gain from showing people? Hey, everybody, look at this. <laughs> Look at this blunt and look at the lean I'm drinking. But it, it, I, I didn't. When I saw that, I wasn't like, ah, oh, you don't pay him now. I don't think the Hornets should should not pay Miles, but I think they should slow play paying him now. If another team forces your hand, and right out of the gates, give Miles a max contract offer. We gotta have a real conversation about whether or not to match it. And no, getting Julius Randle back in return doesn't do it for me. Miles to the Miles after this year showed capabilities of being a better player than Julius to me. But I do think if somebody forces your hand by offering Miles a max contract, which I don't think is gonna happen because of the charges and because of the arrest, but if it does happen, all right. Then we gotta have a conversation. Until then, until somebody forces your hand. If you're the Hornets, I really hope they just go to Miles and say, Miles, you know how I feel about you. The contract we offered still stands, but let's work through your legal stuff. Let us get a little more information. Let your legal team go to work, and let's figure this out. And then when it's appropriate, we'll put pen to paper. Or when it's appropriate, we'll come back and say, all right, we'll give you 35 versus 34. We'll give you 37 versus 31. And, the, and here's the th- uh, I don't, my, my trust has been shaken in the Hornets, in their decision-making, in their logic, since Michael Jordan fired James Borrego two months ago. But, I, do, I have seen enough from Mitch Kupchak, that Mitch Kupchak is deliberate and thoughtful in a lot of the things that he does. Today is not the day to renounce the rights to Miles Bridges. That day may come. Today is not a day to release something saying, well, we're worried about these charges, but we're going to match anything. That Nope, nope, that's not today. But I do think right now, I think it's fair if the Hornets are thinking, if we don't pay miles, what moves do we make? And I'll throw that to you guys. 704-570-9610. If the Hornets don't pay miles, if the domestic uh, assault, the domestic violence uh, arrest, if that causes them to go in a different direction. What move should they make? Because I continue to think back to the idea of small small market organizations, mid-market organizations do not have the operating error that you do in big markets, specifically New York, Boston, and, and L.A., and probably Miami. I'd throw that in there. So... I don't know from a basketball sense. It's not a, a humanity sense. Sense from a basketball sense, I don't know. You can let Miles walk for nothing. So whether that's a sign and trade somewhere else, whether you know, kind of like the Kemba thing. Well, it's. I mean. I also don't know that like. I also don't know where the line in the sand is on where Miles shouldn't be a hornet anymore for me. I'll know it when I see it. Right, that video probably is is abs- the absolute line in the sand. If a video comes out and it's Ray Rice bad, I, I there's no way I could condone him being on the roster. It's still tough for me now. I I, I grew up in a, a family with a domestic violence survivor. There's a touchy subject for me. It's really tough for me not to go to the to 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 trench warfare and say, you know what, guys, I don't want a domestic violence uh, uh, domestic abuser. On my team. It's tough for me to not go there. So my threshold for innocent until proven guilty versus, you know, this is a really heinous thing to be accused of. My threshold is pretty slight. But I don't look at it as right now today as, well, if they don't pay Miles, what should they do? I think they should be pursuing all those guys we already talked about, Zach Levine and Bradley Beal and Mo Bamba's in a much lesser category than the names we just mentioned. But Mo Bamba, I think they should be pursuing those guys anyways. If you could rig a sign and trade for uh, Mo Bamba and, and find a way to get Orlando to take on the, the remains of the contract of Mason Plumlee, sign me up for it. The Hornets, it's time for the Hornets to fast-forward their rebuild with good moves. You don't have to force the moves, but if the good moves are there, Bradley Beal on this roster gives you more upside than if Terry Rozier's here. Zach Levine on this roster gives you a higher upside than if Gordon Hayward's here. Losing Miles Bridges for nothing destroys the ceiling of your organization. Trading Miles Bridges for a lesser player just so you don't have to pay him, it's going to hurt your ceiling. There might come a time where that's the necessity. Until that necessity for the organization, not for you or I, until that necessity is there, until the proof is there or the moment that is there, the thing that you can't escape is there, I look at the rest of the roster. Really? There's no salary cap advantage of renouncing the rights to Miles Bridges. So wait on that and see what you can do to the rest of the roster. 704-570-9610. Seven zero four five seven zero ninety six ten. So again, we're asking the question here, should the Hornets still pay Miles Bridges with these, uh, the, these very serious accusations? He was arrested and charged with felonious domestic uh, violence. And if you are saying, no, they shouldn't pay him, if they don't pay him, what move should they make? We got a lot to get to on the show. Aaron Wilson, uh longtime NFL reporter, Pro Football Network, he's going to be joining us next. We're going to get into the latest from the Deshaun Watson hearing. We're also going to get into uh the uh rest of the NFL offseason rumor mill including the quarterbacks on Sports Radio 927 FNC. Sports Radio, 92.7 FNC, the five questions, the five burning questions coming up in just about 20 minutes here. I've been trying to put it on Instagram for the last two days, and for some reason, the Instagram on my phone is being dumb, but I'm too lazy to uninstall and reinstall Instagram, mostly because I don't remember my password for Instagram. Probably shouldn't have said that on air. In the meantime, five questions coming up in just about twenty minutes. Uh, Any more information we get on the Miles Bridges situation, we'll uh, we'll let you guys know. But the other big story, off the field issue, uh, going on in the public eye is the ongoing hearing between the NFL uh, and the NFL Players Association about the status for Deshaun Watson, the status for punishment involving uh, the arbiter, the independent arbiter Sue Robinson. Uh, it is going into Day 3. There, This could continue to go on for a minute here, and our next guest is going to help uh, shed a little bit of light on this as uh, he joins us. On the guest line here, you can follow his work on social media at Aaron Wilson underscore NFL. Longtime NFL reporter Aaron Wilson. Aaron, welcome to the show, sir.
2: Hey, thank you for having me.
1: Well, uh, you have been knee-deep in this Deshaun Watson hearing. Uh, I know that one other NFL reporter went on uh, Cleveland Radio yesterday and said that Sue Robinson doesn't necessarily like that some of the public nature of this hearing has been leaked to people, has been leaked to the public. Uh, right. Have Have you heard that as well, and what implication might that have on the outcome of the Deshaun Watson uh you know, punishment situation.
2: Well, yeah, everything I've heard about Judge Robinson is she's been extremely professional and open-minded toward both sides' arguments and that she hasn't been super caught up in leaks or media and things like that. I think that's something of a supposition that people make that it's sort of a no-duh that you'd prefer a closed hearing to not have leaks, right? If you're a federal judge, former federal judge, and you're, this is your first case. And I think she also has an understanding that this is very high profile and it's a slow time in the NFL off season. Otherwise. So, you know, we're talking about very serious accusations and issues and it's a complex matter. And the two sides are, you know, diametrically opposed in terms of one side, the NFL wanting him to be out for at least this year and the, NFL Players Association outside counsel Jeffrey Kessler and his attorney, Rusty Harden, Deshaun's attorney who represented him successfully in the criminal prosecution where he wasn't charged by two Texas grand juries. They're willing to accept a much lighter punishment. And they have brought up the owners that have gotten kind of a you know, slap on the wrist or some financial penalties, like in the case of Daniel Snyder for workplace issues, sexual harassment issues that have gone on with the commanders. So yeah. I, I don't really think it's all going to come down to a media leak. It's more just the facts and uh, statement of facts and things that have gone in. There were some pretrial motions or I shouldn't even call it trial hearing, some things that were denied, uh, on behalf of, you know, the defense. And then, you know, there's been both sides presenting they had the opening statements. This is the third day. I expect it to be the final day. And, I don't expect a quick decision. I think that she will, you know, ask for them if they want to submit briefs, they'll have three days to do so. They can be up to uh, five pages. So it's going to be sort of a summation of their positions respectively. And then I don't think three days is over and she's ruled. So to answer some of your questions on that, just anticipate, but I don't think media leaks to your original point is that relevant. There's been no play-by-play of the hearing. You know, I've, I've heard some things about how it's gone, but yeah, it, for the most part, it's been quiet. It's not like there's press. At our office in Delaware, Deshaun Watson's been present. The NFL's been represented by their general counsel. Uh, Lisa Frile is the investigator. They've put in all of her findings. All that was submitted, and we're just wait. Uh, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that yeah, you know, this is a hot button issue. Everybody wants an answer, but you know they're right in the middle of the hearing, and things don't necessarily move as quickly as people want them to. Everybody's like, "Oh, hearing's over. What's she gonna do?" It's not like that. I think she'll reflect on it all, and uh, you know, I would think the soonest we'd have a decision will be next
1: week. So, Aaron, with that in mind, it, it just kind of set the scene for us. You know, is this essentially a mock trial? Is this? you know, more, uh, a couple lawyers sitting around, uh, uh, a conference room table, like how, you know, what is the presentation of this and what is, you know, how does this play out?
2: I don't know if they've used her offices. She's a practicing lawyer now. So I'm not sure if they've used her private offices or if they've, you know, met in a conference, like at a hotel or something like that, but, uh, they're in Wilmington, Delaware, where she's based. And so the Everyone, including Deshaun Watson, he's been there for the first two days. They've all traveled uh, to Delaware, so it's essentially it's on her turf. And, no, it's not a courthouse, so it's a – they call it a disciplinary hearing, but, yeah, it's it's something of a boardroom setting is my understanding. It's not a – and I I just don't know and really haven't made an inquiry, is it at her office or is it at a – you know, like a hotel conference or convention type of thing. Uh, but yeah, Wilmington is, uh, you know, they in any number of places where they could have that. And I don't think the setting is, is really very interesting, but yeah, as far as setting the scene, these are the, the principles that are involved. So the key players are his defense team, the NFL's general counsel and their legal team and the former judge, Sue L. Robinson.
1: Aaron Wilson, a uh, longtime NFL reporter. You also know his work from uh, the Pro Football Network on the guest line here talking about the Deshaun Watson uh, disciplinary hearing. So once Sue Robinson does give her her suggestion or her ruling, what are the options from there for both the NFL and Deshaun Watson?
2: Right. What happens in terms of procedure, If she, this is under the revised personal conduct policy, under the amended collective bargaining agreement from two years ago. If there's no ruling of a punishment, it cannot be appealed. It ends there. If there is any suspension, it can be appealed even by both sides. So let's say, you know, it's six games, the NFL is displeased. They can appeal it to Roger Goodell, or he can appoint another officer or hearing officer to... Rule on that appeal, I would think he'd weigh in, but I wouldn't want to speak for him. I don't know what his take is going to be on that, if he's going to want to handle it or not. And then I I think what would happen there is, you know, just a deal where if it's considered something that, you know, let's say it's 8 or 10 or 12, or it's the year, like they've asked for, then I think it would be appealed. And it could even go to court at some point after that. it could, They could try to seek injunctions like Ezekiel Elliott did. And I, I wouldn't rule out that this is, you know, not this is sort of the start, not the end of the disciplinary process. And, you know, the expectation is that they're going to do some form of punishment, and it could be significant. Because this is really unprecedented—this many accusers—and even though he wasn't charged, there's precedent when players aren't charged with crimes, like Ben Roethlisberger not charged, Ezekiel Elliott. But in those cases, there were one or you know a few accusers, and now you're dealing with twenty that he's reached confidential settlements with, four others, and then some other you know that have been interviewed but didn't file a lawsuit or file a criminal complaint. So you're total, you know, you're getting close to about 30. Uh, and I think that the number is the pattern, the alleged pattern, that's the problem for the NFL. And, you know, many have asked me, well, why do they have conduct the kind of policy? You know, obviously they want to have some standards for employee conduct. They want the league's image to be good. Uh, a lot of that has to do with public relations. I think there's a concern that if you don't, you know, have any, you know, basically like, oh, we're just going to play. Everyone, you know, that's even if they are, you know, let's say they're eligible to play, meaning someone's a citizen of the United States, allowed to work, and they're not in jail. If it, you know, basically, if you had no standard that we're just going to let the guys play and that's it. I think eventually you lose sponsors, and that was a concern for the NFL. Why they started the policy in the first place is because they worried that they were having an image problem. And you know, if they were worried about it, they probably were having an image problem. And now in in the Me Too era, I think if they look like they have haven't taken this seriously, you know if they were just to you know give them a slap on the wrist or not seek heavy punishment then they look bad and, you know, these are serious accusations and, you know, I'm not the judge. I I don't know. You know, there's never been a time where we were able to really go through a lot of the merits of them. there are a lot of things that were stated in, you know, the lawsuits and a lot of things have been said by, you know, there've been interviews with some of the accusers. Uh, There's been press conferences. There's been a lot from Tony Buzzi, the plaintiff's attorney and Deshaun Watson has maintained his innocence throughout. So, someone there's a, obviously a big difference between those two sides right where you know he's saying he's done nothing wrong they're saying he's done a lot wrong and now Judge Robinson she's got to determine who does she believe what does she find compelling and she, does she think there's enough to punish him and you, you know you think the odds are against him um, obviously but you know it's tough to make predictions this isn't a football game this is a courtroom this is a hearing so for me to say, well, this is for sure, I was pretty sure that he wouldn't be charged criminally based on the fact that there was no DNA, audio or video evidence to really corroborate the claims. And that made it tough for the district attorney and Rusty you know, successful, really illegal heavyweight here in Houston. So that's different. But this is a different standard of proof.
1: Follow this man on the Twitter machine at Aaron Wilson underscore NFL. Uh, check out his work as he covers the NFL for the pro football network. Uh, Aaron, really do appreciate your stuff, sir. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for having me. Aaron Wilson there on the guest line. I would be pretty shocked if there was no punishment for Deshaun Watson. It, or, sorry, if Sue Robinson, the appointee, the arbiter, comes out and rules that there should be no punishment here. I would be pretty shocked if that happens. But I think that's the only way this gets that, that this goes away quickly. Cause I have a feeling that if Sue Robinson says two games, Roger, Roger Goodell going to take this up. And if Roger Goodell takes this up, he's going to try and <laughs> lay the hammer down. And if he tries to lay the hammer down, then I think this ends up in court. If Sue Robinson says 17 games and Roger Goodell, goes out and suspends Deshaun Watson for 17 games, I think uh, Deshaun is going to appeal this, and then I think there's a real chance that this ends up in court. This this process, the only way it ends up where this isn't a continued talking point, in my opinion, layman as it may be, is if Sue Robinson rules that Deshaun Watson did not violate the, the CBA, and I really don't think that's happening. That is not about the public part of this. This is just about what we've all seen from the allegations and from the the, the wide-reaching allegations against Deshaun Watson. Uh, so good stuff with Aaron there. We got plenty to come on today's show. Of course, we're we're dealing with our own uh, player conduct uh, policy potential issues here with Miles Bridges. We still do not have a lot coming out about the Miles Bridges stuff. The Hornets have released a a press statement which we've read a couple times here on air. But plenty more to get to, but we just put them up. At Nick Wilson says, the five questions that we're going to be asking you guys today, fill them out there. But when we come back, itty-bitty-fitty and I will go in and answer the five questions. Today's five burning questions on Sports Radio 92.7 FNC. Sports Radio 92.7 FNC, welcome back to the Nick Wilson Show. Much to come a lot of breaking news today, and mostly on the show. Beth Troutman at, uh, 12, uh, at 1040 almost cost us our FCC license. Um, I found a way to, uh, to to mention Miles Bridges and Bolo Ties in the same uh, sentence, which then earned me $10 from our new boss, uh, Jeff. So I'm up $10. We had the the Miles Bridges stuff that happened, which wasn't great. Listen, the reality is there's a lot of things going on right now, plenty to get to. But if you missed any of today's show, WFNZ.com for the full hours, bits, and interviews. And do not forget to uh, rate and subscribe to the Nick Wilson Show podcast everywhere. You get yourself some podcasts, but it's time for the five questions, five things. For you, me, and itty-bitty-fitty to ponder, you can answer these, at Nick Wilson says. Steve's already got his in. Uh, let's see, who else has got him. Stoney's got him. Thomas has got him. At Nick Wilson says. We'll, we'll see. Uh, we're going to take some of your answers on this, but let's start. Itty-bitty-fitty. If you've been following Radio Shack's Twitter account, which why would you be following Radio Shack's Twitter account until now? They have hired this a teenager i don't know to run their twitter account and they're just tweeting the most vile things and it's a it's an actual legitimate strategy they're just trying to get people to talk about radio shack it's working by the way we're talking about it but uh, i can't even say the things that they're tweeting but they're tweeting at people would people negatively tweet about them they're making fun of them in pretty vulgar ways <laughs> um <laughs> they had a tweet that felt like they were tweeting directly at Itty Bitty Fitty. Again, I can't mention it. So I'll ask you, Itty Bitty Fitty, whose Twitter account
0: would you like to take over? So this is tough. Like, I thought, like, immediately Flounder came to mind. Uh-huh. So I could simp for him on his Twitter uh, with the Ashley Stroh line. But then, like, I started thinking big picture. Skip Bayless, so mm-hmm. I could just tweet uh, at at Russell Westbrook, calling him Westbrook uh-huh. in all capital letters. Uh, Big Cat from Barstool Sports. Uh huh. Um, and your Twitter account. I'd love to run your Twitter.
1: Account. You would you try to get me fired by using
0: my Twitter account? I would just move all of your followers over to HTV underscore Josh. That's not how it works. You can't transfer followers. That's that's nonsensical,
1: sir. <laughs> um. I'd like uh, one. I would never want to have a, a female's social media, like, like Kelsey Riggs' Instagram. Like Kelsey will post a really nice, like, elegant picture of what's like, uh, right in front of this the ESPN sign at ESPN. And just judging by the comments, <laughs> oh my God, you're so beautiful. <laughs> oh, I'd like to date you. Yeah, that's. A, oh my God uh bubba farts 23 wants to date me oh damn damn i've been waiting for bubba farts 23 or somebody like them bubba farts 24 bubba tw- bubba farts 22 i've been waiting for that guy to say so. oh and by the way that's before we get to the dms guys Unless she asks for that picture, don't send the damn picture. Be a gentleman,
0: all right? Chivalry might be dead, but don't be a dope. Is it more troublesome that they send unsolicited peen pics or they ask her in the DMs to sell feet pics no, I think I dirty think, underwear?
1: Asking for pics is wrong and really disgusting. It's not as bad as the unsolicited peen pic. Guys, just don't do it. Also, how do we know that's yours? Yeah, I I can find you a peen pick on the internet. We are getting way off topic here. <laughs> the point is, I would not want to have a woman's Twitter handle uh, or social media handle uh, because men cannot be trusted and all of us are disgusting. And guys, back the hell off. Like, be be a gentleman if you could. Try and be a gentleman. Uh, I'd really like to have, uh, like like maybe Taco Bell, maybe maybe Chick Fil A, my pleasure, maybe Bojangles. You know why? Because I just give away free stuff. I just buy people's loyalty. I would use their social media currency. Or you know what? I'll say one. Give me LeBron's Twitter account, because that guy makes money off of it. Like the money LeBron makes off his social media, probably a pittance. But to you and me, we could live for 12 years off of it. <laughs> so I'll take LeBron's Twitter account so I can actually make good money for once in my life. How 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 frustrating is that? This did not meant this did not mean to turn into this. How frustrating it is. That LeBron James social media probably makes him more mu- posting money or posting things on social media probably makes LeBron more money than you and I make in our lifetimes.
0: Do We're you, gonna move on. You, do, do you want to make me quit radio, like on 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 the radio?
1: I, well, I can't make you six foot eight and athletic in in the NBA, so I don't think I don't think quitting radio is really gonna solve your problem. All right, five questions. Whose Twitter account would you like to take over?
0: Number two, what is the easiest sport to play? So someone replied on the, on, on Twitter, tennis, which that person has no. never played. just because tennis yeah, I is disagree. hard as hell.
1: I disagree. I don't think golf is easy either. It's easy to watch. easy uh, tough as hell to play.
0: So, like, are we constituting bowling as a sport? Do you think bowling is easy? Yeah. It's
1: not hard. I, I didn't realize we had Pete Weber in the building here.
0: <laughs> Who do you think you are? <laughs> I am. Uh-huh. I mean, because, like, football hard as hell, baseball hard, basketball hard. I don't think basketball is that hard. Like, the
1: general idea of basketball, the rules aren't that complex when you just get to where
0: you don't just keep dribbling the ball and then shoot. Okay, you're you're talking to a church basketball legend here. So shouldn't you have said basketball? No, because you know how much hours I spent working on my craft? Three? Four? Is
1: that how you dominate? Like, hey, guys, I've been dribbling this basketball for four hours, and then you just show up and just give them the old Jesus crossover. (laughs) Number three. All right, so our first two here of our five questions. Whose Twitter account would you like to take over? Two, what is the easiest sport to play? Thick Doink. With a strong one here saying cornhole, <laughs> and yes, I did just say thick doink and cornhole in the same
0: sentence. And strong one after thick doink Crazy. Strong
1: one. <laughs> uh, best concert you've ever seen. This is an homage to Garth Brooks coming to town.
0: I've only ever been to one concert, so that's the one, I, the only one I've went to. Huh? Yeah. Went and saw Chris Young, uh, Kane Brown, and Jason Aldean. So you've four only or five seen live
1: ago? music once in your life. Yes. This explains you a lot. Like uh, okay. I, I kind of might understand you right now. So,
0: okay, just for just for, because uh, I like to throw other people at the station on the bus. Smoke. Never been to a concert. So, as bad as I am, there are people worse than <laughs> I. <laughs> I like that your only your only go to is to
1: make somebody else look worse than you. That's
0: right. You can't make yourself look better, so you will drag somebody down into the muck. Well, because I was gonna come back with saying I I don't get the. The notion of going to hear music that I hear on the radio or I hear on my phone mm-hmm. live.
1: So, the best concert I've ever seen, uh, Quick and Loans, wa- uh, Quick and Loans Arena, and it was Black Keys. You know who opened up for them? Cage the Elephant. Oh, okay. C- Cage the Elephant is maybe the best live band I've ever seen. And I've seen all the old classic rockers, I've seen them, right? A lot of the bands that I like, I didn't see White Stripes, but I've seen a lot of bands that I like over the last 20 years. But Cage the Elephant has just energy. Their songs are awesome. So yeah, Cage the Elephant and Black Keys, my best al- uh, best concert I've ever seen. All right. The phrasing of this might confuse people. For our fourth question, would you rather have brunch or breakfast for dinner? Breakfast for dinner slaps. It really does. Like, I was walking... So I was hungry yesterday, waiting to pick up prescriptions for my wife. I'm just walking around Target... And the only reason we didn't crush some breakfast for dinner last night is Big Daddy was feeling biscuits and gravy at 6 p.m., and Target didn't have any gravy mix. That's the only reason. Not on my diet was totally about—because I just caught eyes with a log of sausage, just some good old Jimmy Deans, and guys, it got me there. It moved. All right, me and the sausage moved that's where it was because breakfast for dinner is superior to anything other than breakfast for breakfast so, brunch is great don't get me wrong there's no wrong time to breakfast mcdonald's if you don't have everybody go on breakfast anymore because i've been to places where it's like as a linchpin turning we don't have breakfast by going to you close down the store retract the entire organization but the second most superior thing to just breakfast in general is breakfast for dinner
0: i may be wrong on this but don't you go more out for breakfast for dinner then when you just have a normal Sunday breakfast. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Because like you don't cook a little breakfast for dinner. You go... The and, muffins. The, I mean, just everything. Sausage and
0: bacon. Sausage maybe and liver bacon. Mush.
1: Oh, do you need Aiken? Uh Do you need Aiken? eggs? <laughs> <laughs> do you need eggs with pancakes? I don't know, but we're going to have them. French toast. 100%. Breakfast for dinner wins. I same wavelength. You didn't even need to, like, put down smoke to make that happen. I'm proud of you. All right, number five. Would you rather be chronically underdressed
0: or overdressed? As the best dress board op at the station. Low bar. Uh, Overdressed. Nine times out of ten. But I've literally never seen you overdressed. That's a really I'm good overdressed mark. for radio every time I come in in khakis and a polo. No. That's you, overdressed for radio. Well, no, no, no.
1: But you n- literally never do that. You wear a UNC hat and some sort of fan regalia, whether it's the Mets or um. Sometimes I, or Sometimes USC.
0: I rock the polo.
1: It's very... What's the sometimes? Let, like, let, give me a... Throw out like a... You, uh, d- you just don't pay attention to my wardrobe. 10%. I have like three. 10% of the time, you might be technically
0: overdressed for radio I've got the navy polo then I've got my striped polo then I have my FNZ polo that usually I wear once or twice a week alright send them in right now guys
1: 704 uh, 570 the garage door guru text line or uh, at Nick Wilson says Steve saying uh, breakfast for dinner over uh, brunch also saying overdressed I would rather be underdressed that's why I work in radio Uh, Stoney saying the Twitter account he would like to take over is Skip Bayless. And then he said, and I wouldn't tweet anything ever again. That's pretty good. Also saying Dave Matthews band at Comerica Park was uh, was his favorite concert or best concert. You guys know how I feel about Dave Matthews, so I'm not going to continue to besmirch the man. Thomas saying underdressed in breakfast. Uh, we also have uh, Dan, Big Cat uh, Big Cat Dan saying, Adam Schefter's Twitter account. God, the trouble you could cause. Uh, saying the easiest sport to play is basketball. Trophy husband saying he'd like to take over Papa John's Twitter account. Uh, I think Papa John ruined that one. Could be wrong. Uh, then saying uh, the easiest sport to play is speed walking. And then they sang uh, Brenner every day. Continue to send those in at Nick Wilson says a uh, Wolfpack James saying Tom Brady's Twitter account cage the elephant or Foo Fighters for the best concert he's ever seen and underdressed again I am in radio so that I don't have to dress well Josh Parcel, my old partner one day in response to Hawaiian shirt uh, Friday tried to get us to do tie Tuesday and I f- steadfastly and flatly refused. Because the the next time I'm wearing uh, a next time I'm wearing a tie is at my daughter's weddings or at my funeral. That's that's when I'm wearing a tie again. Or if I get sued for something, that's also a possibility. If I've got to go to court, those are the ways that I'm wearing a tie. I've worn enough ties in my life. All right, those are the five questions. Keep them coming in uh, at Nick Wilson says and on the Garage Door Guru text line. Coming up in the 1 o'clock hour, plenty to get to, but the no-win situation on Sports Radio 92.7 FNC.